Yeah, that soccer show is proud to be a part of the Soccer and Sweet Tea Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Go check out all the great coverage of soccer in the Carolinas at soccer, the letter N, sweettea.com. Here at Yeah, That Soccer Show, we're excited to continue our partnership with Uptown Poor, part of the Uptown Company, along with their sister organization, Uptown Catering. Hey, if you are looking for food or beverage catering for your next event or party, make sure you go check them out. You can go to UptownPoorCo.com, or if you want to see and visualize what you're going to get for your money, go over to Instagram and follow them at The Uptown Company. You can see all of the great things they have on offer. Thanks again to Uptown Poor for sponsoring, yeah, that soccer show. This is Yeah, That Soccer Show. The completely unofficial podcast that talks all things Greenville FC, NPSL, and so much more. So come on, Greenville, this show is for you, it's about you, and we want this show to be driven by you. So email the show at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com or slide into our DMs over at YTSS Podcast. Now, let's get to the show. Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of Yeah, That Soccer Show. We are excited to talk to you today about two big things that are happening in the world of Greenville FC. We are going to talk about the very first matchup in the Carolina Classico and how that went down up in Asheville this past weekend. And then we're going to look ahead just a little bit to Wednesday night when we welcome in the team we got our first ever win against, the New Orleans Jesters. They're coming to town and we're going to preview that matchup a little later on in the episode today. But first things first, we need to talk about the big Big, humongous, giant, amazing win that happened at Memorial Stadium in Asheville on Saturday when your Greenville FC took the first leg of the Carolina Classico with a 1-0 victory. Man, it was exciting. If you were not able to get up to Asheville, you missed a heck of a good time. We had a great time tailgating before the match. We played cornhole. We played soccer pool, which is the most amazing game in the entire world. I've never heard of it until the other day, and I played and won a game for Greenville FC to give us some points towards uh, our ultimate victory in the pregame part. We got a half of a point in the Carolina Classico for winning the pregame festivities on Saturday to go along with our one point scored in the matchup. So we are now at one and a half points to no points in the Carolina Classico in favor of Greenville FC. But if you missed out, you missed if you missed out on coming up to Asheville, you missed an amazing time. So before we get any further into talking about the game and maybe some of the things that happened around the game, I want to thank the Asheville City Supporters Group South Slip Blues for being so tremendously welcoming to all of us that came up to Asheville. I was not able to come up early for all the pub hopping and crawling and watching World Cup matches. I was coming back from the beach that day, 
but uh, I heard that was a good time. And then they were super welcoming before the matchup as we kind of hung out and got to know some of those guys, play some games, um, enjoy some tailgate together, and have some just friendly competition, some friendly meet and greets and shaking hands and, and learning a little bit about them. Now, I know there has been some stuff on Twitter about some other things that went around, but I can promise you that uh, that as far as I know, that wasn't any of the South Slope Blues folks, and it wasn't any of the Milltown Operas folks. I think it was just... Some other fans and some players and whatever went down in the game and outside of the game is uh, not something I really want to dwell on because ultimately I think this is going to be a very positive rivalry. The only thing I will say about all the extracurriculars that went on is, hey, if you if you wondered about this being a manufactured rivalry, I don't think that that's a question any longer. I think that this rivalry is real. I still think it can be a friendly rivalry, especially between the supporters groups, and I think we still have – uh, some good indications of that. And I'm hoping that the South Slope Blues are going to come down and party with us on July 4th uh, because I think it's going to be a good time. And I don't want this to be something that is uh, vitriolic or that we have any animosity towards one another, real animosity. I want us to, to have a good time, uh, but also want to want our teams to win and want our teams to win big. Now, with all that out of the way, let's talk a little bit about the game itself. Now, if you remember on the preview podcast, I think I told you my prediction was 1-1. I said if a team got to two goals, I think they would win, mostly because I said when you look at these teams on paper, they look very, very even. And man, did that prove to be the case as we all sat in the stands during the first half and watched a very even matchup. And it wasn't a boring matchup. Sometimes if you get to halftime and nobody scored a goal, you can be like, oh my gosh, this was miserable. If you watch some of the World Cup games the last couple of days, some of the matchups have kind of felt that way, a little sleepy, <laughs> like like there's nothing really going on. But this was not that the case with the Greenville and Asheville matchup in the first half. There was a lot of back and forth on both sides of the field. I think possession seemed pretty even i'd say chances on goal chances created were very very even if i was guessing just from uh, just from my observations Uh, greenville had several good opportunities in the first half Asheville had several good opportunities in the first half Uh, bruno andrade who's one of their guys who plays mostly out on the right wing really was a, a a tremendous surprise and a driving force in creating plenty of opportunities for them to score Greenville nearly had a goal there near the end of the half, um, but things did not quite fall our way. The biggest surprise, I think, in the first half was that Malcolm Frago goes down injured, and you bring in a new guy, a new face to the team. He's not played before. A guy named Ishmael Newman-Sana, a brand-new face to Greenville FC, comes in, and he will play a big-time role in this matchup in the second half. But he is a monster of a man. If you have, if you were not at the game, he is noticeably larger than most of the folks on the pitch. I will say, too, when they were doing the starting lineups and they had both teams out on the field, Asheville City did – maybe it was just an observation thing, but to me – it looked like across the board they were much shorter than Greenville's players. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I think sometimes being shorter, you have a little bit more shifty and quickness. Um, but Greenville, I just noticed, had more size in terms of height. And with Newman-Sana, you had size both in height and bulk. He is a he is a stacked dude, Ishmael <laughs> Newman-Sana is. Uh, and so... So anyway, Ishmael comes in there towards the end of the first half. But at the halftime whistle, the play will be even at nil to nil going into halftime. Now, I didn't mention this at the top, but 
Paul Tyson not starting this game, I think that kind of uh, confirms the suspicions I had when he came out at halftime in the previous game against the Emerald Force that maybe he had gotten picked up a little bit of an injury. I assume since he didn't play at all this matchup that maybe he does have an injury. I hope it's not anything major. Maybe it's just like, let's rest him for this matchup. Let him get healthy for this stretch run down towards the end of the season. We also talked about leading into the match that we had a guy on yellow card watch, and that was Manuel Perez. I said he had, he was sitting on three. He couldn't get another one or he would be suspended. Well, he picked up a yellow card. So we were going to be without Manuel Perez for the New Orleans Jesters match on Wednesday. Unfortunately, he's been a he's been a quiet but very, very solid person uh, for us in the midfield. He has really done a great job of holding our team together and driving a lot of offense. So I said that Paul Tyson did not start. Instead, your backup goalkeeper who started and played every minute of this match was a guy named Austin Mullins. He picked up a clean sheet. And had some amazing moments. He did not look like a backup when you watch him. He could have been the starter all year. And I don't think you would have, if if you'd have never met Paul Tyson, I don't think you would have ever known any different because he had a phenomenal game, did Austin Mullins. And in fact, I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it right now. Austin Mullins is your man of the match from the Yeah That Soccer Show perspective for this game because he really, he stepped into some very big shoes. If you know anything about us you know paul the wall is a little bit of a folk hero around here Um, so to step into those shoes just from that aspect and then to perform as admirably as he did did a great job so in the second half again the first 20 30 minutes are, are very much the same as the first half a lot of back and forth a couple of opportunities for both teams nothing seems to follow then right around the 75th minute greenville Actually, right after Asheville had just had a very, very good shot to put a ball in the back of the net. Greenville has it down on the attacking end. It goes out for a corner kick. We'd already had a couple corners and had been doing a good job of getting it into the box, but not able to connect with those. The ball is crossed in from the corner, falls down right in, right near the six-yard box. It seems like it maybe hits one or two people. There's a little bit of a tussle to try and get the ball under control. Out of the the little mob of a few Greenville folks and a few Asheville folks there around the ball, it kind of rolls over to the left, and Ishmael Newman-Sana is standing there unmarked by himself. It falls right at his feet. The keeper has been over towards the... Uh, right side of the goal in front of this mob that's kicking the ball around. So when it rolls over to Newman-Sana, the goalkeeper's out of position. Ishmael kicks it right into the back of the net. Great finish. Great first score for Ishmael in his first matchup. And that will prove to be not only the only goal scored, but of course the game winner for Greenville and the reason that we pick up three points in league play to come back home. And one point, obviously, one goal point in the Carolina Classico. The Carolina Classico, we talked a little bit about it last week. This was a really cool thing. I think you always think of soccer rivalries and derbies and classicos as being this thing between teams that fans get really engaged in but don't necessarily have much of a part in. Really cool idea that the Asheville City folks and the Greenville folks had to incorporate the fans' pregame activities and the supporters groups into helping decide this. Um, it's not going to be, you know, revolutionary, obviously, like even if we were to win the pregame festivities on July 4th and Asheville was able to 
win the match two nil, you're going to be even at two to two. So it's not, it's, it's not like we can tremendously influence who's going to win this, but it's kind of cool to just to have the opportunity to do anything and be a part of this new rivalry. One more thing we need to talk about with the Carolina Classico. There seems to be a little confusion on how we are supposed to spell Classico. The teams have written both at times. The official trophy has one S, but the official scarves have two S's. So it seems to be used interchangeably. Honestly, I think it doesn't really matter other than all the hashtags aren't going to be compiled in one place because we're using two different things. I'm a fan of the two S's because I'm a fan of Spanglish, and I think if we're going to try to co-opt something from another culture, like why not just go ahead and totally repurpose it and make it as American as we can. Uh, but, hey, one S, two S, it doesn't matter. Carolina Classico, it's a really cool thing. If you haven't seen the trophy, it's, it's kind of a big slab of wood that's been painted with the logo. It looks really, really good. I actually got to get my hands on it. I tried to sneak off the field with it. Uh, but I don't think anybody was going to let that happen. And the other thing, like if you didn't hear me say that there were scarves and if you weren't at the match, the two teams put together a really cool split scarf on the back. It says Carolina Classico. And on the front, there is the Greenville FC logo on one side and the actual city logo on one side. They're really, really cool. I think they had said they bought 100 total. They had 50 at the game on this past Saturday, and they're going to have 50 on July 4th. So if you haven't gotten one, if you weren't up in Asheville, I would say don't hesitate to go to the merchandise booth early because there's only 50 and those things are slick and they're going to sell out. I feel fairly confident about that. Speaking of the games to come, we only have two more home games left. We have the July 4th matchup with Asheville city. And then we have a match tomorrow night with new Orleans at home. So I know these are both midweek games, just not, ideal in terms of getting a bunch of people there. Although July 4th, I think is a little different because it's a holiday. Most people aren't going to work, but I would say as fans, look, this is your opportunity. Let's finish on a high note. Our boys, we're going to talk about it here after the break, but we are right in the mix to make it to the playoffs and they need our support more than ever. So make sure you get as many folks out to these last two games as possible. This is going to be your last chance to experience soccer in the upstate for a little while, unless we make the playoffs, which, well, unless we make the playoffs and host a game, which I think is probably fairly unlikely, although not unheard of, but I just think it, it may, it's probably not in the cards for us, but it will be the last chance you have for a little while. So make sure you get folks out to these matchups. So, like I said, Austin Mullins is your man of the match. And when we get back on the other side, we are going to talk about the matchup with New Orleans coming up tomorrow night. And we're going to preview, kind of give you a little bit of rundown for the rest of the season and what we need to do to make the playoffs. Here at Yeah That Soccer Show, we're always excited to tell you about our sponsors so that you can support them because they support us and we're able to bring you the shows thanks to all of their generosity. And that includes Brad Butchkowski of the Wonder Check Realty Group. You can find him on social media at Brad Butchkowski, B-U-C-Z-K-O-W-S-K-I, or I am Brad B on Twitter. Or you can check out his website, brad.selling-greenville.com. That's Brad Butchkowski with the Wonder Check Realty Group. Welcome back in. We are going to look at the matchup with New Orleans Gestures coming up tomorrow night, June 27th at Eugene Stone Stadium here in Greenville. 
New Orleans so far this year has played 10 games. They are 5-3-2. and two. Their only losses coming to Greenville, obviously, at home. That's their only home match. home Only home loss in nearly three years now. But they had a road loss to Emerald Force, who, despite being clearly the worst team in the in the conference, has somehow had these big time upsets against some really good teams. Um, so they are five three and two. They this is another situation like last week where the first week games worth of stats has mysteriously disappeared off the NPSL website. Um, I did find the goal scorers from that game elsewhere, but I don't know about yellow cards. So when I give you the yellow card information, just know we may be out one there, um, one match. So there could be some others, other yellow cards floating around that I'm not aware of just from that purpose. So unlike most of the teams we've talked about, most teams have kind of one main goal scorer and maybe a ton of people who have scored one goal. Well, New Orleans is not that way. New Orleans scores a lot, and they have really not a ton of goal scorers, but the ones they do have score a lot of goals. They only have one guy with one goal. Tony Judas has scored, I think it's Judas, Judas or Judice, I don't know. Tony Judas has scored one goal. Then you have four guys with at least three goals in 10 games. Mason Walsh has three goals in 10 games. Ollie Roberts has four goals in 10 games. Hisham Kasimu, I think is how you pronounce it, has five goals in 10 games. And then Tom Pierce, mercy, has seven goals in 10 games. This guy is near guaranteed to put a goal, put a ball in the back of the net. That is really outstanding work. They have some major, major goal scorers. So those are the guys we need to be having our eyes on. Uh, in terms of yellow cards, they have a lot of guys with yellow cards, a lot of one cards, two cards. There's only two folks that have three cards, so they're going to be on yellow card watch. That is Jamal Wiseman. And there's another one. Mason Walsh technically has three yellow, technically has four yellows, but one game he got two yellows and got sent off. And I don't know how they count those in your yellow card accumulation. I assume maybe they count the first one as a yellow card and the second one is not counted that would put him on three if they don't count either one of them if they just look at that as like it's just like just count the two just count as a red then he would only be on two again i'm a little ignorant on that subject so i don't really really know uh, exactly what that is but jamal wiseman for sure is on three so he will be on yellow card watch for this match now in terms of previewing this match here's all i can say I'm excited that we beat New Orleans at their home field. We're the only team to do it in about three years, like I said. And that was a big win for us because it was our very first victory. It was the furthest we were going to travel. And in and in a sense, this is the furthest-ish that New Orleans is going to travel. And they're actually – we're the first leg on a three-game road trip for them. They're coming here on Wednesday. Then they are playing in, on Friday – at Asheville City, and then they are playing in Atlanta, I think, next Wednesday. So they have kind of a, a little road trip over here to the to the easternmost teams in the conference. I think with us being the first one, that shouldn't be too big of a deal in terms of them being tired from bouncing all around, but I don't know when they're traveling. So, you know, when you travel that far away via bus – you can get off the bus and be a little leery. And I think if that happens, that may be the best shot we have to get 
either a point or all the points out of this matchup. But I think New Orleans is very good. And like we just talked about, they have some tremendous goal scorers. When we played them last time, we beat them two to one. I wouldn't be surprised if this matchup is two to one the other direction and that New Orleans makes up for the loss at home by by defeating Greenville FC at home. I'm going back and forth between a two one prediction and a three one prediction in favor of New Orleans. They're just they're so strong. They are so good and they are clearly between them and Chattanooga, those are clearly the two best teams in our conference. I would, I would say three, one. I think if, if things, if situations were a little bit different, I think I would go three, one. I'm going to go two, one just because I don't know when they're traveling. And if there's any kind of lag from traveling from Louisiana to South Carolina, maybe that would help us uh, keep it lower scoring. So I'm going to go 2-1 victory for New Orleans as my official prediction in this match. Again, I'm rooting for a victory. I thought it was going to be a draw up in Asheville, and I was excited that we wound up keeping them from scoring. We, we scored one, which was what I thought we would get, and we kept them from scoring despite many really good opportunities. So I'm going to say 2-1 with the with the hope that Maybe we can hold it to 1-1 or get it to 2-2 or maybe even pull out a victory and squeak by like we did when we went down to New Orleans at the beginning of the season. Now, to finish up today's show, I thought we haven't done this throughout the season, and really it can kind of get arduous there in the middle when, when teams are really at different rates in terms of how many games they've played. We're getting here towards the end of this season. No team has more than four games left. One team has only two games remaining, and I thought it might be a good time to kind of look at the standings and look at where we are in terms of our chances to make the playoffs. So currently there are eight teams in the Southeast Conference. Six teams get to the postseason, so we just need to be in sixth place to get to the playoffs, which I think is a good goal for our first season. I think that's what I had said at the beginning of the year, that that was my my dream for Greenville would be to make the playoffs in our first year. And I think we're in really good position, thanks to our win over Asheville City, to do that. Now, we do have the hardest remaining schedule. However, the team just in front of us, Asheville City, has the second hardest schedule. So we are in good shape to, depending on how games fall and points fall, and if we can steal a point here or there, I think we could stand to be in really good shape. So let me run down what the table looks like currently. Uh, Chattanooga is in first place with 18 points. New Orleans is in second with 17 points. Atlanta is in third with 14. International is in fourth with 14. Georgia Revolution is in fifth with 15. And Asheville City is in sixth with 15. Now, I know that sounds weird that two teams in fifth and sixth have 15, but the two but the teams in third and fourth have 14. Well, Chattanooga, New Orleans, Atlanta, and Internashville have only played 10 games. Georgia Revolution and Asheville City, who have one point more than the two in front of them, have played 11 games. Greenville has only played 10 games, and we are sitting on 12 points. So we're three points out of the playoffs currently. That's one victory. And with a game in hand, if we got that victory, we would have the same amount of points as the the Revolution and Asheville City, then it would come down to goal differential, which we're not looking great in at the moment. But again, think one point here or there, I think is really going to help decide the playoffs. Emerald Force has played 12 games. They've played the most of everybody in the conference. They only have 12 points. They're in eighth place. I feel like it's fairly safe to say 
Emerald Forest is not making the playoffs, and they are probably going to finish in eighth place, barring some major upsets. Because I think the two teams they have left to play are Atlanta and Georgia. So those are two pretty good teams that I think they are not going to be able to get a victory over. So here's where we stand in terms of the teams right above us, who is playing. So I'm looking from third to six. Here's the thing, really, though. Even at seventh place with 12 points, we're only six points out of first place currently. That would be if Chattanooga lost all their games and we won two games, we would be tied with them. That's maybe a long shot, although we play them coming up on Saturday. And if we could win that game in Chattanooga, that would swing big time to, to launch us up into a good contending spot. But I say all that to say we're only two points behind second and third place with just as, or third and fourth place with just as many games played. So some of these, some of these matchups here towards the end of the year are really going to make a difference. I really think, and I, I hope that the Asheville city match on July 4th is somebody's winning and going into the playoffs and somebody is going to lose and probably be bumped out of the playoffs at that point. Cause I really think it's going to be probably between us, actual city and the revs for getting that last, those last two playoff spots. Although Atlanta and international could fall down in there too. So let me tell you the remaining schedule for positions three to seven. Currently Atlanta is playing at Chattanooga at international they're hosting New Orleans, so they're playing three of the top teams, and then they are hosting Emerald Force, which should be a win for them. International is going on the road to the Georgia Revolution. They're hosting the Atlanta Silverbacks. They're going on the road to Chattanooga, and then they're hosting Greenville in their last match of the season. The Revolution is hosting International. They're going on the road to Emerald Force, and they are hosting Chattanooga. Asheville City is going to, no, is hosting, sorry, is hosting New Orleans. They're going to play here in Greenville, and then they're going to New Orleans to finish out the season. Greenville, you know our schedule. We are playing New Orleans tomorrow night. Then we're going to Chattanooga on Saturday. Next Wednesday, we're hosting Asheville City, and then we finish the season that following Saturday at Inter Nashville. So I just looked at the schedule for those teams and tried to guess on what I thought the results might be. I know that's not really the most scientific thing in the entire world. I'm just looking at it from a trying to be as objective as possible. Uh, and I think what I have come up with that International and the Revolution are going to finish with 19 points at the end of the season. Atlanta is going to finish with 18 and Asheville City is going to finish with 16. Now, these are my projections just based on looking at the schedule. That doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. I'm just looking at the matchups and trying to guess where I think everybody's going to be. So we would have to get 16 points and make up for the point, the goal differential or get 17 points to get in, which means we're going to need at least four points in the next four games, meaning a win and a draw. When we're hosting New Orleans, we're at Chattanooga, the top two teams far and away, I think. Then we host Asheville City and we go travel to Inter Nashville. That's not going to be real easy to do. I think a win is most likely over Asheville City. I think we looked really good against International when we hosted them earlier in the season. I wouldn't be surprised if we could sneak out a win there. 
uh, or at least a draw. Chattanooga, we got a draw at home, but I really think we got lucky <laughs> in that. I don't know that we can win in Finley Stadium in Chattanooga. New Orleans is the one I'm, I'm, you know, I'm less confident about just because, like we just talked about in previewing the game, I I don't know what the travel is going to do to them. I don't think that's really been an. It wasn't an issue for Greenville when we went down there, so I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think these guys are all, you know, professional in a sense, like they're, you know, they're athletes, they're doing this, uh, competitively. So they're competitors. Maybe that's a good term. They're competitors. I don't think they're going to let a little travel get to them. However, I will say when we went down to new Orleans, uh, it was only the second game of the year. There's not the wear and tear of the in and out week and week and week in and week out play, uh, that they have gotten to at this point. Now they're very late into the season, um, and you know, they, they don't necessarily need to win this game. They, uh, I'm sure they would like to, but they don't need this to secure a playoff spot. I think they're fairly comfortably in the playoffs. Um, so we will see, we will see what that game, I, I think that's a game where we could potentially steal points. If that makes sense. So I think Asheville city is a good game to shoot, to try and win. We've obviously, that's a team we're very on par with, like we talked about and like showed up at Memorial Stadium. We got, you know, it, the breaks kind of fell our way for us to win that matchup. And if that happened similarly at home, you know, we could potentially win or draw that match. I think we have a good chance to draw with international if we play up to our potential. And then New Orleans, I think we have a chance to steal some points potentially. Either split or or win outright. Chattanooga, I'm not as hopeful about. I'm, I'm pretty much counting that one as a loss just because... Chattanooga's really good, y'all. And, and playing in Finley Stadium is going to be very, very hard where they... They pack it out, and their fans are rowdy. As you saw, the fans that traveled to Greenville, imagine the ones that are there for a home matchup anyway. So I just wanted to lay that out so you guys kind of know where we stand going into this last four-game stretch. But this is why we need folks at the matches more than ever because, really, it does make a difference when we show up to support this team. They have said it over and over and over on social media to us and at the matches. I think being there and supporting them really does mean a lot. Hey, that's going to do it for today's episode. I want to talk to you about a few more things to wrap it up. We have uh, a few more hats left. If you're interested in a hat, everybody that's gotten one has said it's the most comfortable hat they've ever owned. My wife, who doesn't even wear hats, asked me about having one, so I gave her one. Uh, she wore it all week at the beach. These are very, very comfortable hats. So if you want a Yeah That Soccer Show hat, make sure you hunt me down at the tailgater at the game or just shout me out on Twitter or at, or through email at yeahthatsoccershow at gmail.com, which reminds me, we got a very, very nice email uh, the other day from a friend, Jason Shirley, who was talking about going to the Chattanooga game. He says he lives a couple hours outside of Greenville, but he is you know a fan of the team and he has enjoyed the podcast because it helps him feel connected to the team. So Jason, thanks for reaching out to us. Uh, always appreciate the love. And if you have any questions or things you want answered on the podcast, make sure you shout us out there or on Twitter. Uh, don't forget to start your Amazon shopping by going to yeah, that soccer show.com slash Amazon. That just helps us out to continue to grow and become better and better as a podcast. And, Visit our Patreon if you want to find out all the cool perks you can get by being a patron at yeahthatsoccershow.com slash patron. Hey, thanks again for tuning out. We could not do this show without your support. You guys mean the world to me, and I can't wait to see you out 
over the next two Wednesdays as we close out the home stretch of this season.